0: Hey everybody! Welcome into another episode of Live for Sports. I am Nathan. Today's episode, back to one, just back to just me. By the way, no guest on today. Um, it's going to feature the Vlad Guerrero Jr. for Shohei Otani MVP race, and who I think is going to win it. Spoiler alert: it, It's biased. Um. And then I'm going to go with my top five NHL players, most likely to break out for this coming year. And then finally, I'm going to do my weekly NFL game picks, which will be a more regular thing, I believe. Last week, was a bit of a problem, I just didn't get around to it with the other episodes that I had planned. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Simmons, is this the dagger? Oh! Besser scores! And Waddy drills it to left field. Nelson is for grabs, he's got an attack, what a play, what a goal, oh, he puts it in, Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Okay, so, start it off, Vlade vs. Shohei MVP race, this is one hell of a race, I must say, and it's such a shame that they both play in the American League, because, like, to me, it's one of the greatest MVP races that I can remember. I, I don't know, maybe Mookie versus Trout a couple of years ago. That was pretty good, but it, it's crazy how what the numbers are putting up this year. Vlad's going for the AL Triple Crown. He's leading home runs. He leads batting average. Seven RBI short, I think, of Sal Perez it was as of today. And Otani, he's, he's raking his 44 home runs. He's one short of Vlad. And don't forget he pitches too and and he's really freaking good at it What it like 115 and a third innings pitch this year and he's nine and two with 136 strikeouts and a 3.36 or that like that's unheard of nobody does this no like think about this nobody has done this at least my like that comes to my mind since babe ruth the great know, which was what the 30s 40s like it's crazy nobody like to think that nobody has done this in 70 80 years and yet he's doing it and he's it's absurd to me like it truly could be one of the greatest seasons of all time by a player from Shohei I I, I don't know like it's absurd what he's doing the numbers he's putting up it's it's absurd um here's my bias, though. My MVP is Vlad. For a very long time, my MVP was Shohei Otani. And then he kind of has gotten cold. You haven't heard as much of him recently. Whereas Vlad and the Blue Jays are thriving. They were... What was the date? Like the 27th of August, and they were six and a half back of the playoff spot. And now... They're in the wild card spot, like the first wild card spot, tied with the Yankees and Red Sox. But like, still, look, and like, Vlad has been great in that run, and like, the Angels are just way too far down to even attempt a comeback run. I, it's, it's really a shame because once again, the Angels are wasting another MVP season. They've done it multiple times with like Trout. Like, how many times has he always been in a MVP race? Like whole career basically maybe this year won't be his first or there might be another year too I'm thinking of, I'm not thinking of but it's it's really just sad like you play in Los Angeles too you think I mean there's always the Dodgers they're the big market team that everyone's going to want to go to but you also play in Los Angeles why don't people want to go play for you yeah you got Rendon what was it the other year or whatever it was but like he hasn't really performed what he did in Washington it's been hard a lot, I've known um it's just sad, like, they, they're wasting away, they've, maybe two of the best players in baseball. You could argue, you're definitely saying, I'm definitely saying Trout is the best player in baseball, I think everyone was, Um, but then Otani, like, you, there's an argument for him being second, maybe not, he, I, I was considering him a top 10 player, I think, for sure, but like, top five, probably, yeah, just where does he, like, two, it, it might be a bit of a stretch, but, like, he's that good, like, he's... I don't think he's better on the level that like other pitchers and other hitters are. But the fact that he does it both like has to put him up there, I would think. It's it's just sad. The Angels need to get their act together, make these, get these guys in the playoffs. Like Trout's been to the playoffs once. I think, right? Yeah, once. Yep, once. And you 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 got you were the one seed, I think they were in that year. And you got swept. You got swept with the best fucking player in baseball. It, it's brutal. Like, get, get them some help, please. Like, you have not won a playoff game with the best player in baseball. And you've had them for, I think it's coming up on 10 years now. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. The Angels are just a fucking joke to me. No wonder everyone wants to go play for the Dodgers. Way better. I don't know. My... My MVP vote goes to Vlad right now. Could be Jay's bias. But because of the run they've been on and how he's been performing while they've been on this run, I think you have to give it to him. If he gets the triple crown, I think 100% he is there. Does he get the triple crown? It's going to be tough because he's like 7 or 8 RBI now, RBI back. So he's got some work to do. But yeah, um, my my MVP is... Vlad Guerrero as of right now 15 games left we'll see if anything changes onto the uh onto the next topic um NHL comes up oh how long is it 30 days I want to say something like that Come, maybe even less than that probably less um so I'm gonna go through my five guys who I think are most likely to break out this year and have great seasons um there's partially a criteria for this. It's like and you're not going to pick. like I'm not picking Cole Caulfield like I've seen some people. That, that's stupid. He's rookie going in next year. Yeah, he played in the playoffs. No, he's a rookie. You can't pick but, but a rookie has a breakout. So it's like probably second or third year players or a couple. Probably a couple uh, higher ones. But uh, for the most part, it's second and third year players. or People who uh, haven't performed to what they've done. But I think time so so number one i have jack hughes Uh, i think everybody is kind of projecting jack hughes to have his breakout year which i think they should i think he finally has the tools around him this year with salt some solid scoring options up front and i think the dougie hamilton signing will be great for him it'll like the dougie is arguably the best offensive defender in the game um so I think that's just gonna boost the Devils so much, and it, yeah, um, he went number one overall in 2019, and he just he was bad in his rookie year. Everyone hyped him up to be, oh my God, he's the next Patrick Kane, whatever. Which I still think he could, maybe not to the level that Patrick Kane was, but like he definitely could still could, um, yeah. And then he just just disappointed majorly, um, but then last year. In the shortened season, yeah, he was pretty good—not pretty, like really good—but like he put up 31 points in 56 games. It was a nice step forward that every New Jersey fan, if there really is any left, um, hope to see. Um, to me, I, I see no reason why he can't score 60 or 70 points this year in that range, and I think he maybe is going to help the Devils contend for a playoff spot after. Um, they're great off season, mostly just getting Dougie, um, could be tough though for them. Like I said, they play in the hardest division in hockey, so I don't know. We'll see. Number two, I've, uh, you know, I couldn't do this without putting a Canucks player on this. So, um, there's always the, there's probably two players on the Canucks I look to break out this year. First is Connor Garland. Second is Niels Hoglander. Um, those are the two that come to mind, I mean, Quinn Hughes breaking out defensively? I don't know. Probably not. He's already broken out, I would say. Um, my pick is Niels Ogland, Hoaglander breakout, though. Um, I think it's a really sneaky pick to have his breakout year. But like I said, it could just be Canucks bias for me. He put up a really nice 27 points in all of Vancouver's 56 games last year. And he was playing second line for most of the time with Bo Horvat. Um. Yeah, he got his he got his looks with Miller and Besser, I think. But I it was mostly Horvat. Um. I really like the acquisitions the Canucks made up front in getting Garland and Dickinson. Um, Garland's gonna play um right wing number two behind Besser, and he'll play with Horvat and Hoaglander. I think that's just my projection. I'm just, I think everyone kind of projects that, and that's gonna create a really nice scoring second line for the Canucks. And like normally Horvat was used as a shutdown setter. But like they also told him, Yeah, go contribute offensively. Um, but with the Dickinson acquisition from Dallas, I really like I think that's great for Horvat and his line because they can use Dickinson on the third line. And I think it's gonna with Pearson and uh, Pod Colson when he comes up and I think it's gonna be a more of a shutdown line. Um I which I think it's gonna be great for Horvat and Hoagliner, which like it's just it's just going to create a lot more room for them to produce offensively and not really have to worry about it defensively. And, like, they're both still solid defenders. Like, I watch—you watch Hoaglander last year, and the, he put up 27 points in 56 games. Yeah, it's pretty solid. But, like, you watch him, and he's all over the ice. He was very exciting to watch. He, It's a bit of a stretch, to say, point per game. But, like, full season, eventually I'll see him getting— 60, 65, I would hope. That's much as my guess. Um, Not yet, though. Um, For me, I'm going to say I want to see Hoaglander put up 45 to 55 points this year. I think that's a good base mark for him. Um, And if he gets that, I'll be be super thrilled as a Canucks fan. Um, Third pick is Jacob Verona. This isn't really too big of a pick to break out since he kind of broke out after being traded from Washington to the Red Wings. I'm expecting him to do this for a full year now. Um, the Red Wings don't have a good offense um, outside of Dylan Larkin, really. Um, I think he, once, like this year, he will be their number one guy to go to, him and Larkin especially. Um, He's had some actually really sneaky seasons in Washington. I, I was looking this up, and in the twenty in the shortened season in 2019-2020, before it got shut down by COVID, he scored fifty two points in sixty nine games. Like that is really solid. I never knew that. Um but now I'm expecting him to be really good. Um he put up eleven points in eleven games following the trade last year. Like that is really solid and especially since he was in Detroit doing that. Um I'd say for me number to put them at I would say 70 75 is it might be high but I I don't know you put up 11 points 11 games 52 and 69 the previous year it's that really shocked me and impressed me I think that's what I'm gonna put them at this year and I don't know we'll see but yeah um so those were three forwards I'm doing I have one defenseman and one goalie as well I could have put a couple more forwards on there but I chose to kind of balance it out so I have Vince Dunn as my defenseman breakout um last year was a really rough year for them it was filled with a lot of trade rumors with St. Louis last year and there was always the talk is he going to get traded is he not gonna yada yada um and like right out of camp too it was just like are we going to trade this guy or are we going to keep him he's basically Tory Crew took his job um But now he's in Seattle playing for the Kraken this year when they start, and I think he's really high, maybe high expectation. But like he could be the leading, he could be leading the top power play unit this year. I don't see why he couldn't be. Um, probably gonna play second pairing minutes behind Giordano and Adam Larson, and he's playing with Jamie Alexiak, um, really good defensive defenseman. Doesn't really produce offensively a lot, so I think that's gonna open up the ice for Dunn to like jump up in the play, get involved, and have a nice offensive year. Um, for me, I would say don't be surprised. I'm gonna, I wouldn't be surprised if he surpasses his previous points record with 35 back in 2018, 2019. I think a minimum base would be 40 points for me this year from him. Um, that's pretty. That's really good for defenseman, I would say. 50 might be pushing it, but 40 to 45, 40 to 50. I, I don't expect him to get up near 50, but that's my expectation for him. And uh, last pick as my goalie, I'm taking Carter Hart as my breakout candidate. This really is a must if the Flyers want to contend this year, which the— which which I think they should be based on the off season they had and what they were doing. The def- and They completely revamped their defense, and it looks much, much better on paper, I must say. I think they're, they are good enough to make a deep run in the playoffs, and that's saying something for me because they are playing in a very hard division this year, the hardest division in hockey in the Metro. Um, to me, though, it's all going to come down to how Carter Hart performs. I think it's going to come down to that for everybody. Because, but the thing is, everybody thought this guy was going to be the next carry price, and he looked like it in his rookie year and I mean, rookie in second year. And then last year, I don't know what was up. I don't know if COVID did something, or I don't know, but he had a 3.67 goals against average. That is horrible. Horrible. And also an 8.77 save percentage. Like, that's not good enough. That's out of the league. Numbers. Like, get out of the league numbers. I don't know. It wasn't good. Um, With how Philly looks on paper, I just... I'm really expecting a much better year from him. Probably even a career year, I must must say. That might be stretching it, but... Something's got to give. If Philly wants to go to the cup finals, which they have built their team, it looks like, to try and do that, you got to get good goaltending from Carter Hart, which... He is supposed to be the answer in Philly. Philly hasn't had good goaltending in very, very long time. This is your guy, and if he can't perform this year, I I don't know what you do. I I would say for a career year, I'd give him thirty-five to forty wins. If Philly is that good, you would hope. Um, maybe like a two. 40 goals against average if he can bounce back and um, like a nine fifteen save that's it's my best guess at it I would say I don't know um so that's going to wrap up that so Jack Hughes Niels Hoglander, Jacob Verana Vince Dunn and Carter Hart were my five picks for who I think is going to break out this year moving on now um NFL weekly picks. It's gonna become a normal Friday episode thing. By like, my goal is to get fr- episodes Fridays and Mondays. Um, I just couldn't get it out last week. I I had too many other episode plans. Um, but I did actually do my picks last week, and I did go ten and six. So that's that's a solid start, I would say. Um. Probably not going to be much explaining these picks, it's kind of just going to be what I think off the top of my head, and then at the end I'll give my game of the week and my upset of the week, I think. So, first game, I'm going to take Cleveland over Houston. I'll take Buffalo over Miami. I'll take Denver over Jacksonville. New England over the Jets. Pittsburgh over Las Vegas. Baltimore over Kansas City. Yep, Baltimore over Kansas City. Chicago over Cincinnati. Indianapolis over the Rams. Dallas over the Chargers. Seattle over Tennessee. Washington over the Giants. San Francisco over Philadelphia. New Orleans over Carolina. Tampa Bay over Atlanta. Minnesota over Arizona. And finally, I'm taking Green Bay over Detroit. So, not really going to go through those. That's just my picks. Kind of tough to go through all those. Kind of want to keep these shorter segments because it's going to be a lot of repeat. So, um, for the game of the week, I have Kansas City and Baltimore. I think everyone probably will have that as their game of the week. I'm expecting this to be really high scoring between Lamar and Mahomes. Um, I just... I I got I picked Baltimore last week over the Raiders, and that obviously was wrong. That was one of the games of the year, I would say. I know it's week one, which is a really weird thing. You never see games of the year in week one, I think, but that was really entertaining. Um, I don't think Baltimore is going to fall to 0-2. Um, I think Lamar will rebound from his bad game that he had against Raiders. It was two fumbles, I think it was, and he Fumbled in overtime and it just blew him the game. I just I think he'll learn from it. He didn't have a good offensive line, but I think he learns from it and he'll bounce back and have a great game. Um, I think I'll take Baltimore in a game decided by one score. So under eight points and lower is one score. I'll I'll take that. I think that's. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be like three points difference. I don't know. And then um, my upset of the week. I'm gonna take Minnesota over Arizona. Yeah, um, Arizona is gonna be the home team in this game, but I think Minnesota will walk out of there with the W. Um, Chandler Jones won't have five sacks again. I'm, I, 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 there, that was a great game. Don't get me wrong, but there's no way he can follow it up and do it again, um, unless he does. Prove me wrong, but <laughs> Kyler's gonna have a good game again. I think. I just don't think it'll be enough. I think Minnesota will take this one barely. I th- I'll I'll say like by a field goal. I think that's safe. So three points lower. I don't know. Yeah, that seems like a safe bet. Well, no, it's not a safe bet. It's like a bold day because it's my upset. Um. Anyways, I think that's pretty much gonna wrap up this episode. Um can't really think of anything else much more to talk about nothing news has been kind of slow in sports i don't know we'll see um yeah so i think that's probably going to be it so uh thanks for listening guys and we'll see you in the next episode peace